Level Up Latina partners with working women and mamas alike to guide them in achieving fulfilling career and life goals through financial empowerment, professional or leadership coaching, and personal wellness. Find the unique coaching you need to succeed. You're listening to Vero, Ceci, and Irene, and we are Level Up Latina. Welcome back to another episode of the Level Up Latina podcast. We're so excited to have you here today. This is episode 183. And today we're going to focus on careers. And what we're going to talk about is what to do when you don't know what to do next. And that could do with just changing your career, pivoting from your business model now, if you have a side hustle or a very established business, or even just job hopping strategically to make more money, to grow as Latinas, as first-gen women often, which is the majority of our listeners, thank goodness for that, because we can relate. Um, we're very fiercely loyal and change can be hard and change can be scary. And our friends and family don't always know what to say to us because, you know, they're older. It was different for them. We were the first in many spaces and places and career levels. So they mean well, but they often don't have the right advice when we are like, what do I do next? I feel stuck. I feel uncertain. I feel like I've been here too long. I've I've grown something or it's toxic to me. You know, that's something that our older generation, even just older siblings may not relate to. Or they may even be judgmental that you want to change and grow and pivot. That can be judged by the older generation that sometimes, or not sometimes, but oftentimes found jobs where they worked for years and years and years and years. And like Sussie said in an earlier podcast, like have their subs from 1982 <laughs> when Sussie was born or something. Uh, yeah, we are going to talk about the opposite of that. Before we get into it, how are my beautiful partners doing today? Super emocionada. Good to be here. It's good to see you girls. Yeah. It's really nice to see you girls again in a yeah. new year. <laughs> I know, I know. Googly eyes, googly eyes. I know. <laughs> Primeramente Dios, ojalá que pronto we'll be um, recording a video to test it out, a ver qué onda with our podcast. So yeah, look forward to that. Like do something with our with our faces face and our hair and our <laughs> or maybe not like maybe not maybe you want to see the raw maybe not. the raw untouched real mm-hmm. <laughs> all the hairs all the flyaways like this is what it's like you know it is almost eight o'clock on a tuesday night yesterday was a holiday so i always get my weekdays messed up when that happens but i think i got that right so we definitely look like it's eight o'clock on a tuesday mm-hmm. night that's for sure <laughs> yes, see. for sure for sure okay so we're gonna get right into it we actually just thought about this topic earlier when we were thinking about like the recent clients that we've assessed and what the pain points have been that those clients have brought to us. So not only do we have that frame of reference, but we also have our current clients and the clients that we've had for several years now in some cases. So we've watched them make big changes or job hop or deal with pivoting their business or changing their business or dealing from anything like your employees, to your partners, to your spouse in your business, if you do business with a spouse. So we've seen a little bit of everything, both as coaches and individually in our own careers. So we can really start anywhere with this conversation. But I think the biggest thing to answer is really what to do when you don't know what to do. Was there ever a time in any of your lives where you felt like you were in a place and maybe something new, something that we haven't already heard in the podcast? Because when I think I said, see, I think about, you know, you left your law career to be a stay-at-home mom for a while and then went back to your law career a little differently, like you pivoted into a different industry that was more favorable to being a mom. So we've heard that. We've heard the times that I've made changes, like stopping my career to travel, you know, to pivot, to re-energize, to feel new again and feel challenged again. We've heard about Vettel's transitions through her careers that she's had. But was there a story we haven't heard? And there's something we haven't heard. Maybe you have to dig deep in the archives, jobs we haven't talked a lot about, a boss, a big scary change, maybe your first big change, you know, because a lot of our audience is younger. 
um, that first time that you maybe did ask to get paid more or you asked to be changed apartments or you asked for leadership, can either of you think about, you know, those first big, scary kind of job changes that you made? The first thing that comes to mind to me, it's not um, really career centered. It's more like um, ending a relationship and what the first time that I had to do that. I don't know if that I should bring that up because we're not talking about relationships i was stuck and i didn't know what to do next there's a lesson there right with your there's career a, do you feel there's yeah. a lesson that, that's matched to the career and a boss relationship and a work relationship do you see the connection or maybe not no it's not really no it's not work centered but it came up recently because i was looking at pictures where i was at a work event years ago at my prior law firm and then at the christmas at the christmas uh party uh, a ex of mine was there and I was like, oh my God, I was like, I brought this ex to this work setting, you know, and, and little did I know that I was going to, well, no, I guess I knew, I knew, I knew that I was going to end up there and be, eventually become a lawyer, but I had brought in like a boyfriend that at the time, I guess I was super in love with. And, and I, I, <laughs> I was looking, I found like this scrapbook, but some acuerdo recently that I was like, oh my God, I was like, todas las cosas like the, the que escribía y que yo me creía. And this ex came and then I found a letter that I had written and like really like assessed our relationship. And, you know, and I had this tough conversation with him and I said, hey, this isn't working now. Like, tú nomás me tienes como tu juguete and I never get to see you. You're always out partying. And ya se puede imaginar quién es. I know who it is. Yeah. Pero, pero, you know, and I was like, oh, man, I'm like, I don't remember that. I'm like, I really had I didn't know what to do because I was like super in love with this guy but at the end of the day like no me estaba dando mi lugar and I didn't know who to talk to about this and I was talking to I, I remember talking to my friend and of course he was rooting she was rooting for him but I couldn't really talk to my mom because I never felt comfortable talking to my mom about relationships and then this guy was older he had kids and so you know it was I felt that if I talked to my mom about it she and I, I feel like I'm going all over the place because it started with looking at pictures from work and it, you know, reminded me of this relationship. But anyway, I couldn't talk to my mom because she was like, Best te dije this, that. So anyway, I, I guess I took it upon myself to write down notes of what I wanted to say because all of this was saved in a scrapbook. You know, it was all saved in a scrapbook and I had this. And then um, I guess I wrote in a journal and I said, okay, this, you know, we had, we, I had this conversation con fulano et tal. We had dinner and I've decided to tell him, you know, X, Y, and Z. And I was like, damn, I'm like, hasta para to talk to, you know, to end relationships or to assess relationships. I, I do my little notes. I do my little Girl, notes. I see Sometimes, the whole connection. Yeah, Everything right. you just described is the same thing with jobs. Everything. Right? Yeah. You you knew something was off, even if you love part of it. Because oftentimes we've outgrown something and it's not the future, but we like it. Like we like the job. We love the job. We love the people we work with. Our boss is kind of cool. But it's not the future. That's that relationship. That relationship could you, they put us mensa, but it wasn't your future. Then you also had to sit there and be in that stage of like, I got to move on. How do I move on? How do I move on? Let me assess. How do I have this conversation? Let me write this down. You always say you were your tough conversations or your presentations or when you were nervous to do something for the first yeah. time like the podcast you were rehearsing how to break up with this person we have to rehearse how to break up with our bosses oftentimes and if we do it well if we rehearse that very well we don't have to break up it actually becomes like a salary negotiation or a change in our career or we mix up that like we want more we're hungry for more we've outgrown something we need to do more but that's scary so you got to practice that right like you go to this man and say i want more from you if you're not willing to pony up more i have to move on 
Same thing with asking your job to provide more for you, more leadership opportunities, more growth, more salary, more bonus opportunities. Like it's the same freaking skill and you're going to get the same nervous ass feeling, right? Or feeling regret. Like, am I going to regret that I did this? All those feelings I think are super relevant to like work pivots. So I'm proud of you for doing it. I want all of our listeners to see the connection. You were uncomfortable in a situation. You wanted to change it. You practice, you rehearse, you wrote your feelings down, write your feelings down, everybody. The first place to start is to get clarity on why you're feeling like you need a career change, why you're feeling stuck, why you want to pivot, why you want to make more money. Why, 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 why? Because if you don't answer the why, you'll stay kind of stuck. If you would have never answered it, if you never dealt with it, and you said you had no one to turn to, that could be you right now listening to this. You know, you're the first in your family in a career that pays you what it pays you. You're the first one to have a traditional job to be in an office. No one in your family had a traditional job, like they don't understand your struggles. Get clear on what those struggles are. What's a deal breaker and what's not? Are you going to deal with this forever? Are you, how long are you going to stay? How long are you willing to stay? So I think it's super, super duper relevant. Yeah. When you put it that way, I'm like, oh yeah, si cierto. <laughs> so thank of you. Of course. I think for me, um, one lesson I've learned as to like when, what to do when you don't know what to do next. Um, I feel like I have shared that I got let, you know, I was, when I left enterprise, like I was six years in. But the whole story, I feel like I haven't really fully shared in the sense of I was very vocal um, in asking my management team, like, hey, you know what? I want to make it to that next level. Um, I want to be an area manager. I think I'm a great leader. I had all the things. And I was like, start teaching me what it is to be an area manager. You know, starting to have these little meetings with like one-on-ones with um, my most recent area manager at the time. And he was like, okay, well, let's meet up. He's like, but just so you know, that, that promotion's not going to come anytime soon because it's a recession and all this stuff. And I was like, I totally understand, but I want to be prepared for when the time comes, I, I can do it. So I did all those things and I knew with the recession, they were actually letting go, people go. So a lot of area managers got let go, man, you know, managers took on more responsibility. And throughout that time, I was like, I knew that I was at the point where I was like, okay, either I'm going to stay here and wait it out another two, three years until promotions, you know, till you know, things get back on their feet, like till our business smooths over and the economy's better. And I know that I'll be in a good place um, to get that next, you know, that next promotion and be an area manager, or am I ready to like move on? And I think I had realized that I was ready to just move on. So I had tried the, let me, let me learn as much as I can to stay within the company. Where can I pivot to? Can I move to a different department? Um, am I willing to hold on to this? But there were parts of the, of my job that I, that I just didn't like anymore, you know? And it was all the hours I was, you know, working so much and I worked really hard and, um, I started to be very vocal that I was going to, that I was going to leave, but I wasn't telling my direct manager. He just kind of heard it when I was talking to other managers. And so kind of word got around, but even with me talking about wanting to leave, I was yet, you know, starting to kind of figure out where do I want to go? I was in that next step. Like, okay, if I leave here, what skills have I learned? What can I put out there? What what will I be willing to go work in? What do I want to do? And I ended up getting let go because of these rumors, but I was still performing. I had just one like back to back uh, months of, you know, sales being, you know, off the roof, customer service numbers being out the roof. I had just broken some records and like cars on rent, like all these things. So if anyone's ever worked for enterprise, if you're listening to this, like, you know, that they like track everything. They put so much responsibility on you and like they compensate you for all these things that you do, breaking records, you know, make being the best in your area, being the best in your region, all these things. So it was like the compensation was great, but I was just like, I was still performing. But I was just over it. I was like, I there's not more much more I can do this. So 
with that said, when word got out, they're like, hey, it kind of like I was and I ended up having this situation that was really dumb. So I'm going to share that with you guys. We There was promotions and we always did like a there were promotions and then a, a quarterly happy hour that they would do. So we they would pay for one to go eat, drink and have a good time. And I remember one of my air managers always saying, Vero, go home after 10. Like nothing good happens after 10. And I was like, you're right. Nothing good happens after 10. <laughs> I would tell my people that like, hey, guys, if you're at the happy hour, make sure first off that you don't drink to the point where you're not responsible enough to be able to drive yourself home. And two, don't stay out past 10 because nothing good pass- happens after 10 and you have to be up early in the morning and open up your branch, all this stuff, right? So anyway, I went to this happy hour. And, you know, you're, you see managers that you haven't seen in a while. So you're like talking. Yes. So te pasan pasa las copitas. And I remember being responsible enough to not drive myself home. So I left my car, my TD car, my test drive car that they would give us a car, you know, um, if you're in management. So I left my car parked and we're in Redondo and we had all gone out to Hermosa after. So my car is like right in between like Hermosa and Redondo. So it's like I, I can get to my car eventually. Mind you, Uber didn't exist. Lyft didn't exist, nothing like that. But I remember calling someone to be like, hey, I called a friend. I'm like, are you sober? Yes. Where are you? Home. How far are you from there? I'm like, that's how drunk I was. Okay. They're like, where are you? I'm like, I'm at the Bank of America ATM. I'm here like near Redondo and and Hermosa. Come get me. I have no more information. My friend gets me, takes me back to their place. I sleep. I wake up and it's like eight o'clock. I'm supposed to be at my branch. Not supposed to be because we're not an hourly. But usually I like, I used to like being there, you know, to see, make sure that everything's run smoothly. If anything, you know, come in with coffee with my team. I had just got a new assistant, but it turned out that my assistant was, I promoted the guy that was in my, or in my branch. I promoted him from, um, into assistant manager. So he knew how things ran. So I didn't have to be there, but it would be nice to have been there. So I'm like, oh my God, it's eight. I'm not even, I don't not dress. I smell like alcohol. I still have to go get my TD car, all this stuff. So I get a call. I noticed that when I wake up at eight, I have missed calls from my regional manager, right? Not even my own area manager. It's the regional guy, the guy that's up, up above my boss. And he's like calling me. He's like, you know, so I finally like once I'm awake and I'm in my TD car on the way to work and I, I call him back and I'm like, hey, he goes, hey, where, where have you been this whole morning? And it's roughly now about 945. I'm coming into the office. You know, I'm like, oh, you know, I just and it was a Thursday. This day was a Thursday and Thursdays we used to use for marketing. We used to go market accounts. You know, you would market um, insurance agents, like all these different kind of marketing to grow your business. So he's like, you haven't been in your office all morning. And I'm like, oh, no, it's Thursday. I was marketing. And he goes, really? Where, what account were you at? He's at me so fast. He's like, oh, it's at Woody's. No big deal. He calls the account to find out was Veronica oh, no. there. And he calls me back. He's like, I'll see you in your office. Comes back. He's like, why did you lie to me? I'm like, look, dude, like I could have easily said, look, we had the happy hour last night. I was hungover and that's it. But he knew that I had been looking for another job. So anyway, he's like, okay, don't do this again. Don't let this happen again. You have a new assistant. I'm like, he's my, my new assistant knows how this branch operates. I've been with him the last four months and we've been working together. So it's not like it's something new to him. But I was like, no, I totally understand. That was my fault. You know what? And I, I apologize to him. Like, I shouldn't have lied. I was, you know, I, I should have just been at the office. I have no, no excuse, right? That evening they call me into the, to the main head of courses. They're like, hey, um, there's, there's been a situation like you, you know, you're, you're, you know, this has happened. I'm like, yeah. And then all this is like, I'm sitting there. I'm like, this is not real, right? This is, they're not about to let me go. And 
my at that point the the regional president is like so do you have like veronica you've been doing so well you've been doing all this like how come you're gonna let this and i'm thinking like if this doesn't make sense to you why are you asking me like why they're letting me go so i'm sitting there and it's like the regional president's right here on my right and then next to him is my actual like direct boss and it was a surprise to him that they told me like they asked me like do you have anything to say kind of like you have time to beg for your job after like a whole conversation they're making me feel like, you know, making me feel bad about everything that happened. And in my mind, I was like, when they gave me that moment to say, anything you want to say, like, do you want, kind of like beg for your job now? I was about to like respond like, you know, I'm sorry, I messed up. And I just like took a deep breath and I started thinking like, I haven't been wanting to be here. You know, this is not the way I want to go, but you know what? It's just like, he probably found out. He probably found out that I was like talking, you know, I wanted to move on, but it's like, Obviously, my record shows that I've done great. I'm still doing, I'm still performing. So they let me go. And I was like, no, you know what? If you feel this is the right decision and you've weighed out all, you know, you, you've gone through the whole process of like understanding as to why you're telling me that this is my last day, that I must respect it. Thank you for the opportunity. I learned a lot in my last six years, blah, blah, blah. But when they let me go, my, my, my direct boss, like he kind his body was like, huh? And he like looks my direction but he's actually looking at the you know regional like uh manager he's shocked he was shocked shocked. he couldn't believe you were going to be gone yeah Yeah. and at the end of the day he like walks me you know i walk over to to (laughs) hr hr's like can't believe that they're letting me go he's like this is crazy but you know what and at that moment you know these are this is my first job out of college i've been there for six years i've learned so much i'm in you know i'm doing great but I'm like in shock still too. Like I had no idea what to do. And like now when I talk to my, when I coach clients, I'm like, Hey, if this happens, this is what you want to do. You want to follow up like this and because of experience, right? The things that we live through. But for me, it was like such a shock that it's like one thing I did learn was like, don't share. Like if you don't know yet, if you're not going to pivot yet, you don't have that job lined up or you don't know where you're going. Don't say it. There's no point to like share it with the world. But I was such a, such a desesperada that I was like, you guys, I think I'm going to leave soon. I think I'm going to leave soon. So I got around to that person and they were like, well, let's just get rid of her. She wants to leave anyway, right? There's a recession anyway. There's going to be someone else we can promote into her position. Not a big deal. So that was one of the main things I learned that it's like, it's one thing to be like, okay, I think I'm ready to move on. But it was really hard to be let go just because of the fact that I had been vocal about it. So I felt it was one of those things like, well, at one point it's going to turn, right? She's going to flip the switch and be like, I don't give a fuck. And the morale is going to be affected and this is going to be affected. But at the same time, I was like, I should learn. I learned my lesson from that. It's like, if you're going to make take action, just fucking do it. And no andes ahí con la... Con, la, con el verbo, you know, and, and mejor calladita, calladita y do your thing. This is the one time that it's like calladita está mejor, mejor you know? <laughs> in this situation. But other than yeah, that, especially if you're like, I get it, like you're disgruntled, you're coming across as kind of like bunk this place. I'm ready for the next thing. Like I could see how they're trying to like save face. You had savings oh, yeah. at that point. Yeah, you I had savings. So, so another lesson. I learned that lesson quick. We talked about this the last time. I was like, no, like I need to be ready. So that was the first time. And I wasn't able to get unemployment after that with that company. Right. So it was one of those things like I thankfully had money saved. You know, I, at that point I already owned my house. So I'm like, oh my God, now I have to pay my, my mortgage. I have to pay my car. Cause at this point I had not paid off my car. And I'm like, I have all these responsibilities. Cause I still had a car, even though I got a free car through my job. Because my car, my sister was driving because she had gotten into a car accident. So it just really worked out. But like now I'm like, oh my God, now I'm going to have to take my sister's car. She's going to have to get a car, blah, blah, blah. So you start thinking about these things. But thankfully I did have savings. I was like, okay. 
But yes. that, me preparo, because uno nunca sabe. It's like, what to do when you don't know what to do next? It's like, I was not expecting to get fired. When you, most people, like most employees, like, you know when you're going to get fired. It's in your gut. Like, you know you're fucking up. You know you're doing some dumb shit that you shouldn't be doing. So you know that when you get called into an office, you're like, I'm probably going to have to turn on my keys today because, <laughs> because I've been acting up. I've been acting a fool. But I had no clue. I was like, they're probably just going to tell me, like, don't lie, girl. Like, it's fine if you this happened. But completely unexpected for myself and for my direct boss. So for anyone out there, just be prepared for the unexpected in the sense of, like, you never know. So don't talk too soon and be prepared. Good tip. So don't tell people you're leaving until you're really ready to leave and you're really ready to make that move. You better have a job offer on the table, have done some interviews, have tested the waters. I get a lot of clients that tell me they want to change industries or there's over like what they do now. They want to do something completely different. Well, my friend, no matter how disgruntled you feel or no matter how frustrated you are, you really don't know how it's going to work on the other side. So volunteer before you jump into that. Don't just quit because you're so angry and you don't have the savings. If you have the savings like Vettel did, I've that's done, different. I've done the, the thing you, before. The show can just quit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but Vettel also had the money. We never advise mm-hmm. our clients to be so overwhelmed that they leave a toxic job. Now, there are extreme situations where you can get unemployment rightfully because you're in such a toxic environment, but then you have to prove like hostile work environment and all this stuff and you know, it's a lot. It's a lot to really leave a place kind of because you're like falling apart. The quickest thing to do is really try to move on as quickly as possible. So don't share beforehand. Don't lie. Another moral of the story. Vero was caught in a sticky situation. It was an easy thing to say, but they were looking. They were fishing to find her in a situation where they felt was a fireball offense. So talk about not knowing what to do next. Obviously, Vero landed her feet. So did Ceci. I even forgot that she had dated that guy. So both of them went through these huge changes, these really awkward, weird times where the rug feels like it's pulled from under you and they landed on their feet because that's also life too. Sometimes you don't know what's going to happen next and that's part of the journey. When I think about this lesson, when I think about what to do when you don't know what to do next, I think of two things. Like One is when I left a nonprofit that I first worked for that was comfortable and easy because I knew that I just wasn't connected to the mission. So, right, it felt like everything was kind of working and it was big and I could grow there and there was money to be made, but I didn't feel like a good fit. I just didn't feel like I fit in there. I didn't feel that I resonated with the clients or the parents. The children were all children that had multiple disabilities and it was a sad job and it was super duper corporate. Like a corporate nonprofit is like no fun, no personality, all the seriousness and stuffiness and like just nothing about it felt like fulfilling other than, I mean, it is mission work. You're helping the kids that have these disabilities and live there. But even that was kind of sad to see. So I had to make that change to see that I didn't want to leave the industry, but I didn't want to work for this population. And that's good too. Like fine tune when you don't know what to do next, like write it all down, like Ceci said, and then figure out, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Like maybe you want to stay in the same industry, but you want to do something a little different. Like you don't want to want to work with adults. You want to work with kids. Like my niece, was a teacher. She got all her degrees to be a teacher. She loved teaching. Then COVID happened and she freaking hated teaching once COVID happened. And a lot of teachers hated it. And they were working more hours. They're not appreciated. They have to come out of pocket for their classroom to be banging, proving yourself and getting no support. And so she's like, well, I'm not totally going to leave teaching. So her pivot was she just transitioned over to sales and she sells like educational programs. I think there's something to do with like the educational side of sales and you make good money. You work with adults. You have the happy hours like Vero, you get the bonuses, but she doesn't have to be in a classroom. So you can stay in an industry and pivot. You can change your focus and give back to an organization or a mission that you like. 
So don't totally just say, I hate this, because it may not be all of it that you hate. That's like my first comment that I wanted to make, like my first, first real shift. I just knew I wanted to tweak a little bit of my job. And so I was really intentional about the next nonprofit I work for. And now I've been there, gosh, 13, 14 years, because that part was super essential. Like, if I'm going to do mission work, I need to be connected to the mission work. And I love that because it made me, what I didn't know later, a super duper good fundraiser because I really could connect with what the organization was doing. Now, it's not the same as selling vacuums and knives, but if you fucking love vacuums and knives, you're going to do great, right? Like, right? I had to love what I was doing to do great at it. So I had to make that tweak to be happier. So that was a big change. The other thing I was thinking about what to do when you don't know what to do next, sometimes you're just not happy because you've outgrown a place and you got to shake it up, man. You have got to shake it up and you're like stagnant. You're collecting a paycheck. It's already easy. You're not challenged. Like, I think in this world, we're not really happy unless we're actually challenged. So if your job is too easy and you don't have day-to-day challenges, I think that can also get really, really old. And so when you don't know what to do next is you have to be willing to take on more challenges. You have to be willing to ask for more work. You have to be willing to put your ass out there and be like, I can do more. I can do more. I can do more. As opposed to like, mm, that's not my job or, mm, well, this is easy. I can like the check. Like I, I often see in my career and now we've been in our careers for two decades, you know, like people don't grow like that. And then they're like disgruntled because they also didn't like challenge themselves. They didn't grow. They didn't take on more. They didn't know what to do next. So they just kind of got complacent and then they're unhappy. But it's like, well, well you're unhappy because you're doing the same job over and over again, year after year. Like, of course you're unhappy. <laughs> you're not learning anything new. You're not reading any good book. Like Vettel said, like, you're like stale because that's what you created, you know? So in times in my life where I have felt like I'm getting stuck, I've asked for that challenge. I've asked for more. I've shifted. I've changed. In my current work, how I get stimulated and how I change it is we're always growing the organization. So you, we have one budget and another budget. And then we're like a million dollar organization. I can't imagine that five years ago, you know? You know, I just can't. Now it's like, yeah, how to sustain a million dollar organization it comes with all these new challenges, all these bigger numbers, this much bigger staff, like all these new problems. That's how we like to put it with Diego. That's the tip of the day. Like find new problems, like have new problems. Like problems aren't necessarily a bad thing. If you have so much money that you don't know where to invest, that's a good problem, right? But if you look paycheck to paycheck your whole life, that's a fucking shitty problem, right? You're stuck. Same thing over and over again. You're not doing anything new. You're not doing anything different. Like find new problems, like level up to find new problems. And you can do that in your career, like good problems, like growth problems. Like I have clients that have direct reports. Y'all know some of these people, like they're vice presidents in their own right. They're owners of schools. They're constantly growing because staff and people and relationships and curveballs and unhappy staff and but it's stressful and it's a problem, but it's also really fulfilling and they're growing and they're badass and they're like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing this. I can't believe I'm doing this. So the tip of the day is find new problems if you feel stuck. Find new things to solve. Ask for more work. Do something new. I don't mean burnout and wear like 50 million hats and you're miserable. I mean like when you know you're complacent and you're stuck, what's your next big journey? What's your ne- next big hurdle? That, that comes from a place of me because I've been at the same organization for many, many years. So that works for me. I don't think you can last an organization for many years if it's the same organization year after year after year. Like I have a completely different staff, a completely different organization from five years ago, from 10 years ago. And you're kind of always reinventing it. And I think that is key when you don't know what to do next. You may not need to leave. You just need to make it different so you can feel fulfilled. So that's going to be our tip of the day. Like change something up in what you're doing now. And it may help you feel unstuck and know what to do next. I'm going to add to that. Let me tell you, I think that we also get um, clients that are like, well, I don't know what to do next. Or I don't know what to do next. And 
many times, you know, not everyone's meant to be the CEO. Not everyone's meant to be the VP. So when it comes to like what you can do in your job, like in your career, you're like, hey, maybe this is what you're you're like doing and like, hey, it's kind of repetitive and you've been there and you're great at it. And it's key to be like, how can I change things up then? If I can't change it here at work, how can I change it up in my personal life? That really is going to give me these things, right? And we're not all that lucky. We're not all that lucky. Some of us just tend to be, you know, we stay at mid-level positions. We we can't break into the directorships. We can't break into the C-suites, you know, depending in the in the in the organizations or the companies that you work for. But you you're there. You're there. But you're like, I think I'm okay right here. I don't know if I I, I don't know if I want to be that. But even then, that gets stagnant. That gets comfortable. That gets like you know. Hi, every new thing that comes at you, you're like, well, this is just that with a twist and you, you can solve it. So for those that feel like, you know, I, what I think Irene said is very impactful. I think everyone should consider that. But at the same time, it's like, if you think you're like, well, I've just been here so long, it's not too late to change. It's not too late to change it up. And if you can't change it up in your career, find a way to change it up outside. Because girl, if you are not giving you what you need outside of that, then that sooner or later we'll catch up to you and it's going to get too stagnant to be comfortable. You're going to be like, I'm out, I'm over it. So just make sure that you're being fair with you in the sense of like, let me give me what I need. I'm okay with this professionally. And there's nothing wrong with that. Some of us get comfortable and we're good at it and the money's decent and we're okay with that. But when you can't make the change and then that's okay too, make sure that you are making changes that are going to significantly impact you outside of your job. I mean, you were when you were talking, I, I thought of something and I was writing it down and saying so in sync because as you were saying, Vero, like, oh, so, you know, someone that's been there. And when as you were saying that, like, I was typing exactly that para acordarme lo que estaba pensando. Um, anyway, when you were uh, bringing up your points, Irene, I was just thinking how the challenges and how sometimes you, to figure out what to do next, sometimes you have to turn to someone that has been there, um, you know, before. Um, the thing that comes to mind is the conversation that we were having off record about this, you know, situation with my parents that has ended and, and it involved, you know, legal stuff, (laughs) shit, I was gonna say legal shit. And, um, and then emotional stuff and it's over and done with, but then this other little thing that like creates a new challenge and like the lawyer in me wants to like get at it and, Ahorita que ya estoy más calmada, I'm like, oh, maybe I should talk to, you know, my longtime mentor and like, what would you do in this situation? Would you let it go or would you fight for it and just to get, you know, prove something to this person that's being difficult? So, uh, um, you know, sometimes it's it, it takes um, you need to reach out to that someone that's been there. And uh, yeah, something looks, um, como se dice, um the challenge like you're craving that challenge because you see it you're like oh i could throw that you know i could throw that law and say this x y and z but do i want is it worth the risk is it worth it is it worth the risk is it worth my energy is it worth my time you're gonna get someone's advice like that's like what coaching is that's what you know this is that Mm-hmm. This podcast doesn't give you all of our nuggets of how we coach our clients. And that's on purpose. We want you to become a client, right? We really want to work with you to pivot your career, grow your business, job hop. But we've been there, done that. And there's all these stories, right? And there's all these people. And you're going to go to your long-term mentor now. As opposed to going for it, you're going to ask for help and ask for counsel and guidance. And I think that's key. Like, I think so. Asking what they would do. Yeah. Yeah. 
This comes full circle. I was um, over the holidays or right before Christmas, you know, like a, a lot of women were, my, some of my, well, a lot of my clients were going through this process of wanting to negotiate for more. And with one of them, it got to the point where I'm like, she's like, I know I asked for this, but I know I could get this now and I could do this. And I'm talking to people at the organization and they're saying this. I'm like, okay, you're going to ask for more. They already gave you this. Within this, they've told you they're going to include this bonus, right? So blah, blah, blah. And I go, there's potential that organizations can rescind an offer. So you've gone back and forth. You've already done a counter offer. You've gone, gone back and forth a few times. Is it worth the risk again now? Like, is it worth the risk for you? So sometimes this is what we need to do. When Ceci, you're saying this, I'm like, I want to be like, si, tu dile a esa señora que, uh, teach her a lesson. But at the end of the day, we have to sit back and be like, at the end of the day, is it worth that risk? It could be the risk of a, an offer being rescinded. It could be the risk of, uh, a contract being taken back, right? Be like, okay, breach of contract. Sorry, getting you have fired. a deal. It means, yeah, is it worth the risk? Getting you fired. Know, getting fired, mm-hmm. that little, you know, whatever it is, like, is it worth that risk? And I'm not saying don't go for it, but really calculate your shit. Things don't just get done. You know, you don't make decisions out of the blue. Sometimes we have to make decisions on the fly, but most of the time when you're making career decisions, take your time and weigh things out. Like, Write it down, you know, talk to yourself about these things and and envision what you want. Don't just, well, you know what? I'm going to fucking go for it because whatever. It's good. But at the same time, did you weigh out the options and is it worth the risk of maybe things not working as you would want them to work out? So to recap more of this amazing conversation, when you don't know what to do next, ask someone else who's been there, done that more years than you in the field. I know Ceci came to me a lot when she was thinking of going to nonprofit. We had questions, looked at resumes together, like just actually going to someone else that might have some scope that you just don't have and, and gives you really great advice or calms you down from making something that Vettel says is risky or making a decision that's risky. Um, the other thing is weighing all your options once you've gone to look for help, but also with yourselves. You know, you know what's worth the risk. And we don't want anyone to do anything that's way too risky because when you don't know what to do next, you suddenly get so anxious and desesperada and overwhelmed that you like make bad decisions. So pause when you don't know what to do next, assess, pause, assess, ask for help, be vocal in the right ways. So like when I talked about her client that or lots of clients that were doing salary negotiations, we always want everyone seeking career change to advocate for themselves. Learn to advocate for yourself first. Like learn to ask for what you need, more of, more time off, more pay, more bonus. That's a really great step in making changes in your career is you practicing being vocal for the changes that you need. Sometimes it's not money. Sometimes it's changes that make your career feel more manageable. If you have a stressful career, like that'll set you at long hours. Um, oftentimes if that's you too and it's draining you, have the courage to self-advocate to change those facets of your job that maybe not the pay, right? Maybe not the people. But you can't be there all day, every day. Sissy always has a great story about how she had a law career that kept her from her twins and she was missing out on their lives. Like if she could have stayed at a firm and a part-time schedule, maybe that would have been an option, right? There's options if you need to ask for it for career changes. So definitely think about what you need to ask for and be willing to make those asks. We have a lot of clients actually that have been working on salary negotiations because it's end of the year. 
So we want you all to ask for what you're worth. And then number two, Vero talked about it, so I want to reinforce it. It may not be within your current career, but you have that side hustle or you have that pivot in your business and it would make you happy to do that. We here at Level Up Latina pivoted. I had a client that was like, wait, what, what else is there to know about the pivot? I want to know. I want to know about what else you guys are doing. Like, it just sounds like you're each kind of taking your own clients. Is that it? Is there more? And I'm like, that's it for now. You'll hear more. Whatever's coming down the pipeline. She's like, okay, I'm in. You have me. I love you guys. So, you know, even us, we're pivoting how we do our business. Every year we learn from how we do the business, how we take on clients, promotions that we do, events that we do. Our guilt-free squad is just this amazing, beautiful, organic community. But maybe that changes from one day to the next because we want to change it up. That's all good. It's good to be assessing, right? And changing your own side hustle if it's your side hustle or your career that you can control and changing that. Or not, you job hop. You freaking job hop. We had that really great episode during Latina Equal Pay Day last month where if you're not going to get what you want to get and you are willing to take the risk, you've got to move on. you got to job hop and every two years kind of change organizations. But a lot of people grow their income exponentially that way if they can't grow it within their personal organization because, you know, you're not getting enough phrases to keep that up. Then you have to be willing to leave to different companies and go to different companies. But again, this is one episode. We can't give you all the gems to that. So we won't do that because we can't. But we have experience in all those scenarios like pivoting your business, your side hustle, uh, pivoting your career within your career, demanding changes there or making changes there for you, as well as job hopping and that strategy to go from company to company to earn a little more. Because Vettel said it earlier, a lot of us just don't know what to do. We just know we want to change something, right? That's the lesson here. That's the title of this episode. We know something has to change. So sometimes we just need help figuring out what is it that I need to change. And you might surprise yourself. Like sometimes it's, I just want to go back to school. Totally different right? You're enhancing your career three or four years from now because you actually just want another degree. That's such a different change. Like you're not even doing what you're meant to be doing on this earth because you're going to go back to school. Or some people just want relief. Like they don't like the hamster wheel they're on, the bills they have, the life they live, and maybe their career isn't the issue. It's things at home that are the issue that they need to change. So, so start thinking about it, assessing it. We don't really know until we get to do the work, the journaling that we talked about earlier, the writing it down, asking for help. So I think that summarizes it. Any final last minute thoughts on what to do when you don't know what to do next? You did no, a great job you. summarizing. Yeah, yeah, that was a great summary. You know how you were talking Makes about sense. that journal journaling? And mm -hmm. that's what I think one key thing, just a little side note and a tip at the end of our podcast Start journaling your professional experiences, write it down. How does, you know, certain situations at work make you feel? How does it, how do you feel working with certain people? Because those will help make decisions later. It will help you decide. Like sometimes we feel like, well, this job's been really good lately, but it's not overall, right? You, you'll read back and be like, damn, I had some anxiousness there. I had this here. I had that. Track it, track how you feel. And then you'll also see the things that you're really good at and all that stuff. So it will help with these transitions and help make you decisions. And it will help clarify how to ask for the things that you need. So that's a good end, end tip. Yeah, I love that you said that, Vero. I have a perfect example for that. I, I'm in the nonprofit world, we're always at zero back to January 1 because we year to year, you know, it's how much you make, how much you spend, how much profit you have. So we're back to zero right now. We had a really great year last year. And I had this board member that would always say, and he's still on our board, like he's like, you can never relax in this world. You're like always fundraising. You're always waiting for the next shoe to drop because you have all this money. You're doing well. You're doing great. And then boom, you're back to zero. January 1, you got to make all that money again. And then some, you're growing. You got to serve people. You got to recruit volunteers in our case. He's like, it never stops it's like every year we start over i'm okay with that right at one day one day at a time you kind of journal you kind of in the beginning that maybe stressed me out and i was new to that feeling and i was a young ed now i'm like that's totally par for the course that's my job to like 
every year start at zero again and enjoy Decembers that have been like the last few Decembers that are very, very good and pace well. And we understand our finances very well. We're never like scared of how we're going to pay our bills. And we're always a little bit extra and we're always investing. And But there have been the opposite years where you're like, oh my God, I need that last check from that last person, right? But that's this job. So also like jobs have what they have and you got to accept it. You got to accept the job that you have if you love the job. If you love the job, you might have a job that is occasionally stressful, but you love it. Learn to hate the suck and that stress and manage the stress. Vettel said earlier, like taking care of yourself outside of your job. So important. So important, especially people who work in jobs that are very stressful seasonally or like we said, teaching earlier. Like you're listening to this and you're like, great. Thank you for telling me about your niece that quit. I'm still at the school that doesn't appreciate me <laughs> and I work long hours. Okay. So how do you mitigate some of that drama? Where can you find joy? Where can you find goodness? Where can you ask for help? Because if you love teaching and you want to leave teaching in that example, you shouldn't stay miserable also or unhealthy or unhappy. Like you have to find a balance. So advocating and having that clarity is going to be really, really, really important as you move on in your career to just be clear about what it is, honest with yourself about what it is, honest with yourself. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, you say something new and it's like, oh, no, got to leave it for another podcast. Got to leave it for another podcast because. Or you could say it. <laughs> no, because like there's just so much to share, like how you said. There's just so much to share. And one more thing yeah. is like you said, maybe work sucks and all this stuff. And so balance it out at, at home. And sometimes, unfortunately, you bring your home <laughs> shit to work and it's going to fuck yeah. up the good shit you have yeah. at work. So I yeah. know it's like cliche to say leave your problems at the door because you're living through those problems. <laughs> It's really, but please leave your fucking problems. But leave your fucking problems at, at the door because it's gonna fuck up the good shit you have going there. So that was one thing. Yes, and, and vice versa. My husband used to always bring his problems home because he used to have a long commute and he hated it. He'd get home all <laughs> stressed because of his two hour commute. It's like, fool, you choose to work two hours away. I've never had a commute this longer than 17 minutes for a reason. I can't have mm -hmm. that job. You choose to drive two hours a day. You can't get home mad. You can't get home annoyed. You can't get home dizzy. So again, that'll, the same reverse, right? Yeah. Don't get to work all mad because of that two hour commute and then come home all mad because of that two hour commute. Like you just mad Don't four hours both sides. Day. Don't fuck up both sides. <laughs> Don't fuck up everybody's situation. All right. This is a really good episode. I love that I'm back with my amigasas here. Thank you for joining us today. Please share your feedback, comments that you have on this topic, support that you need in this area. You know how to find us as usual at Level Up Latina is our handle on Instagram and Facebook uh, at Latina underscore up on Twitter. If you happen to find us there. Go to leveluplatina.com to book an assessment with any one of us to learn more about our services as coaches. It's a quick 30-minute call. We get to know you better. You really get to start getting an essence for what it is to be coached, to be held accountable, to move your dreams forward. So I really want to highly encourage folks to take the moment to come to our website to just check it out. Check us out. Get that assessment. Nothing to lose. 30 minutes, a chat with Vero, myself, or Ceci. You get to decide which coach you want to work with and have assess your situation. You get to learn from that one coach and how they can help you. And you get to learn more about our group coaching, which is Guilt Free Squad. So all that information, again, is on the website, leveluplatina.com. I think I've said quite enough for today. Super happy to be here. Muchachas preciosas. Igualmente, that is going to bring our episode to an end. Au revoir. Au revoir. Au revoir.